You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. We are back on The Pipeline Show. We're going to flick on the switch for the 2020 Draft Spotlight segment. And my guest today coming from the WHL, that makes it an in-the-dub segment for dubnetwork.ca. You can stay up to date on everything happening around the Western Hockey League by visiting dubnetwork.ca every day. Tune in for your daily dose of the dub. My guest today comes from the Portland Winterhawks, Seth Jarvis. So welcome to the Pipeline Show. Seth, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing terrific. Uh, thanks uh, for making time to come on the show. I know you guys are busy right now. I, this is going to air uh, later in the week, but uh, as I'm speaking with you right now, uh, after uh, you're in Calgary, aren't you, right now? Yeah, we just finished up against the Hitmen. I know the, the road trip hasn't started the way you wanted to, but uh, overall this season, uh, it looked like the uh, the Winterhawks had got off to a pretty good start. Yeah, we started off the first three games very well against uh, Tri, Kamloops, and Van, but then uh, onto this road trip, you know, we're a young team, so just getting the feel of the road and two weeks is a long time to be away, so I think just getting the the feel of the first two games and heading into the third game, I think we're expecting big things. You know, it's funny because uh, I I uh, am close with the Edmonton Oil Kings. I've been on the broadcast and stuff for a number of years, and last year they went on the, the road trip uh, your way down to the U.S., didn't win a game, uh, and you guys off to uh, you've lost your, your first two on the road trip. How how tough is this road trip? I don't know if fans just understand the, the distance traveled and you're playing teams you don't see very often, so it is a, a unique challenge at this point in the season. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's still very early in the season. We just finished up our fifth game. So, I mean, the travel is probably the biggest thing, just moving time zones and even like it's like a 16-hour bus ride or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, for guys who haven't played in the league, we have about five or six of them. I think it's just a new challenge for them. And then, obviously, for the returning guys, just figuring out who the new guys on the other teams are who we don't see as often, I think. Uh, it's probably the biggest challenge for most of us. So how do you prepare for a, a team that you don't see very often? Is it more about just making sure that you play winter hawk hockey and you execute your own game plan and, and hope and trust that if you do that, you're going to win the game? Yeah, I think just focusing on how we want to play and dictating the pace of the game and the style is the biggest part. But also, you have to read up on their lineup a fair bit just to see the key guys are and where you can take advantage of the other teams. Winterhawks are in Edmonton this coming weekend, and uh, th- that's a, a pretty healthy rivalry be- between the two franchises, considering they're in opposite conferences and only you know see each other uh, once a year uh, and before your time. But these two franchises went head to head three or four years in a row, uh, not all that long ago. So, do you f- do you feel that rivalry from a Portland perspective, even though you weren't part of those uh, those glory days for the two organizations? Yeah, I think just the history between the two. Obviously, it's pretty pretty big, so I think just carrying that on and uh, keeping uh, the rivalry alive, I guess, is uh, pretty important. Seth Jarvis, my guest, he plays for the Portland Winterhawks, draft eligible this year. And, and Seth, uh, we like to introduce the audience to somebody that's in your position, That uh, being that it is your draft season. And my audience is across North America and into Europe a bit. Um, so there will be some people hearing this who have never seen you play and maybe have never heard of you before. So let's get a bit of background for, for the benefit of those folks. Uh, where are you from? I'm from uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, just uh, kind of in the center of Canada. And uh, do you remember how old you were when you first started playing hockey? I think I started skating when I was about two or three and started getting to organized hockey when I was four. Well, that's pretty young uh, to get it, to be uh, started that early. Uh, who got you into hockey at that young age? 
I think it was mostly my brother. He's six years older than me, so just watching him play. I've always kind of, he's been my role model growing up, so I think just watching him and uh, wanting to be like him just kind of got me got me going. I'm a younger brother myself, so I, I can certainly relate to what you're talking about. I always wanted to, to follow the big brother around. Um, now, did he, uh, your brother, did he play at a high level as well? Yeah, he played at a pretty high level. He played junior in Manitoba and then uh, decided to go uh, go on to school mm-hmm. to pursue business. Okay, very good. Seth, take me back to the uh, the Bantam draft. Uh, you were uh, taken, what, 11th overall in 2017, so pretty high. Uh, and I imagine there's some pressure that goes along with that. But what was what was the Bantam Draft uh, Day experience like for you? Were you at school or did you get to stay home? What was it like? Uh, we were actually trying out for our Team Manitoba team for the WHL Cup. Mm-hmm. So we we weren't allowed our phones at all. And so no one really knew what was happening. And I think, I can't remember, I think I was on the ice when I got drafted during the tryout. And I came back from the dressing room and I think one one guy had his phone in his pocket and told me I got drafted, but he didn't tell me where. So then I was excited I got drafted, but uh, I found out a little bit later on that it was uh, to Portland. Okay, and uh, and how do you feel about that? Because geographically, you can't get a whole lot farther away from Winnipeg uh, in the WHL <laughs> than uh, to going down to Portland, Oregon. So how do you feel about moving that far away? Yeah, I mean, the move was a little bit tough, but I, I just know the organization's been incredible and all the players they've had come through here and moved on to the pros was exactly what I was looking for. So when I figured out it, when I found out it was Portland, I think that was, uh, it was really exciting. Not really knowing where Portland was, but, uh, knowing the organization was incredible. Well, and, uh, being a prairie kid and not having to spend winters in Winnipeg, uh, or, you know, elsewhere <laughs> on the prairies, probably not a bad, uh, bonus to, to be down in Portland. Eh? Winter's pretty easy down there by comparison. Yeah. You don't see much snow at all. And, uh, I can go out in shorts pretty much all year round. Uh, rub it in. Rub it in, Seth. Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, other Winnipeg guys who have uh, had success in Portland uh, in the past, I mean, a guy like Brendan Leipzig immediately comes to mind. Also not a very big guy, and I think, you know, uh, height-wise, I think he might be about the same size as him, uh, correct? I don't know. Do you ever, like, ha- have a chance to talk with a guy like that about that experience, just uh, another Winnipeg guy who's who's been to Portland? Yeah, I have a little bit. Uh, here and there we work out and train at the same place so I see him around but I think the biggest time was when I was 15 going to my first training camp they brought he was there and I got to talk to him a little bit about it so it was cool just uh, hearing from a guy like that and obviously he was incredible in the WHL so just taking in as much as uh, I could. Seth Jarvis is my guest uh, here on the Pipeline show Uh, this year Seth uh, so far, uh, five points in five games, uh, so off to a, a point-per-game uh, pace, which is pretty nice. And, and last year, you had 16 goals and 39 points uh, last season uh, in your uh, first full year. You did have 11 games the previous season of that. I wonder how much of a, a benefit that was to have that 11-game uh, taste uh, to get you prepared for last year. Yeah, it was really good. I think coming in at 15, kind of learning the ropes from all the older guys at the time and uh just seeing how fast the league was coming from playing in uh, midget, I think just coming in there at the time was awesome for me, and getting those eleven games in was really crucial. Now, a coach like uh, Mike Johnston, and then you've got Don Hay on the bench as well, um, could be a, a little bit intimidating. Those guys are pretty accomplished uh, at this level, and, and have both had NHL experience before as well. As a young guy, your first uh, coming into uh, into Portland uh, into camp, was it a bit intimidating at all to be around guys like that? 
I mean, at the at the start, yeah, just knowing all their their resume. Obviously, Don's won tons of games, and Mike's coached the NHL. So I think at the beginning it was, but then realizing how great people they are, and just I can learn like an, an amazing amount from both of them. I think just opening up your ears and just uh, taking everything they say to heart and really applying it on the ice was big for me. How is this year different from last year and, and that 11-game stint the year before? Uh, just for you, just is it just a, a comfort level that uh, you've been through the league once now and uh, so there's no surprises for you this year? Yeah, I think so. I think just more comfortable around the guys too, especially just returning. And uh, obviously I, I'm trying to take more of a leadership role this year, just kind of paving the way for the younger guys. So I think just uh, it's a little bit different of a role than I was used to last year, but it's a role – I've done in the past, and I'm very comfortable in. It's a, it's a great segue because that's where I was going to go. I mean, you're expected to be an offensive leader, and he, and he talked about trying to take on more of a leadership role for what you described as a young team. Does that come naturally, or is that is there sort of a mental switch that you have to flick to to get into that mindset to be a leader? No, I uh, I pride myself on being being able to be a good leader, no matter where I am or where I'm playing. I think it just uh, it's been instilled in me from my parents and just watching how my brother grew up. He was also a very good leader. So I think just uh, being around the guys more will just bring it more out of me. Now, I'm looking forward to this weekend. It'll be my first chance to watch you live. Uh, I've seen you on TV and obviously on WHL Live and, and things like that. But for people who haven't had a chance to watch you play, how would you describe yourself as a player? I'd say I describe myself as very competitive and uh, speed-heavy game, I think. I rely a lot on my speed and uh, my quick thinking. I think my hockey IQ plays a big part and big role in my game. And then being able to put the puck in the net with, uh, I think I can pride myself on having a good shot and being able to put the puck past the goalie. All right. And you're a right-handed shot and you play on the right wing? Yeah. Uh, I know the web, the WHL website also lists you as a center. So do you find yourself in the middle sometimes? Yeah, I do. I find myself on the left wing too as well, I think. Huh. I think I would just call myself a forward and not a specific position. Okay. But there isn't one of the three spots that's uh, more natural, more comfortable? Um, I think now it's starting to become the right wing, but I've played center almost all my life and left wing, so okay. I think anywhere is pretty comfortable for me. Now, Seth, uh, your season got off to a, an early start back in August. You were on the Helenka Gretzky T- Cup team for Canada and uh, ended it with uh, four points, a couple of goals, a couple of assists. What was that experience like for you? I know you'd, it's not the first time you'd worn the uh, the Maple Leaf jersey uh, as uh, representing Canada. You played the U-17 uh, as well. But uh, to go overseas and, and play in the Czech Republic like that, uh, that must have been exciting. Yeah, it was incredible. I think that was the first time, obviously it was the first time that we sent for our age group one single team. And I think just being a part of that was a huge honor. And then just being able to go out to a different country and uh, – a different culture is really cool, and obviously the level of hockey was incredible. And how do you feel about the way you played? I know it didn't end the way you'd uh, you'd hoped, and it, the the medal you won wasn't the one you were looking for. But were you happy with your performance? Yeah, I think it was a little bit of a bittersweet feeling. Obviously, I think I represented myself on an international stage very well, but obviously the ending was a little heartbreaking, just losing to Russia like that. Uh, now, I know there will be people who uh, spend a lot of time talking about your size. Uh, why is size not an issue for you? Obviously, you're you're having success at, uh, and, and what are you, what, 5'10", about 180? Yeah. Uh, wh- why is size not an issue for you? I think just uh, 
I think I have this drive in me that can obviously you, you hear the phrase hard over height. And I think that applies for me very well. I think just the drive inside me uh, kind of pushes through whatever size difficulty I have. I mean, uh, going against a bigger guy, I can challenge him wide with my speed or get underneath him. And then uh, against the smaller guys, I think I'm strong for my size. So I think I can overpower those two. Obviously a, a power play guy. Do you, do you ever find yourself uh, on the penalty kill as well? Yeah, I'm actually starting this year on the penalty kill, and it's been going really well so far. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, do you, uh, some guys prefer one over the other. I, I, as an offensive guy, I'm guessing you like uh, putting the puck in the net or, or setting up the goal, but you take some pride in uh, shutting down the other team as well, I would guess. Yeah, I love the penalty kill. I think just when you can create momentum for your team by not letting them score and even creating chances for yourself, I think uh, I think it really helps the guys get going and uh, spark the game a little bit. Seth, uh, your time left in the WHL, what, what do you have to uh, focus in on the most to get you ready for that next step? I think just uh, keeping uh, improving my game and expanding it in different areas and uh, making sure that I turn all my weaknesses to my strengths and my uh, strengths uh, even better so I can prepare the most for the upcoming season and hopefully uh NHL training camp this summer. Now, you're a Winnipeg guy. Does that mean the Jets are your team, or uh, were you cheering for somebody else uh, before they, that franchise came back? Uh, I think before the franchise came back, I was a Maple Leaf guy just because of my uh, my grandfather, but I think since the Jets came back, they've definitely been my team. Seth, I, I really appreciate your time. Enjoy the conversation a lot, and uh, looking forward to seeing the you and the Winterhawks in action here in Edmonton uh, this weekend. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. That's Seth Jarvis of the Portland Winterhawks. Those Winterhawks are in action tonight, Friday night, in Red Deer and uh, will be in Edmonton on Sunday. The uh, The Winterhawks are being led in scoring by uh, Johnny Ludwig and Reese Newkirk, who have eight points right now. Seth Jarvis right behind with seven. Looks like it's offense by committee uh, for the Winterhawks, as uh, Jarvis has a couple of teammates, also with seven points, and Jake Grishas and Simon Knack or Kanak. Clay Hannis and uh, Cross Hannis, uh, not related, uh, also have uh, six points. One segment left to go on this week's episode of the Pipeline Show. We're going to chat a little uh, Canada West hockey and, uh, more specifically, University of Manitoba. Head coach Mike Sarant has been on the bench for the Bisons. He's going into year 25. So he's been around. He's seen it all at the uh, U-Sport level. We're going to talk to him about this season for the Bisons, but... Also, a lot about just how U-Sport uh, has evolved over the last 20 years or so. How much better it's gotten. How much better the players have gotten, thanks to the CHL scholarships. How much more attention they're getting from NHL scouts. So, lots of ground to cover. We're going to do that with Mike Sarant next, here on the Pipeline Show. Broken up and then taken by Prop. Threw into the zone. He's on a breakaway. Look out. Short-handed. Three short-handed goals and a hat trick for Brian Prop. Holy cow. Welcome to Flyers Hockey on this Sunday. Hi, this is Brian Prop, former Braden Wheat King, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. From the organization that brought you Mark Messier, Matt Benning, and Ian Mitchell, 
Spruce Grove Saints Junior A Hockey is officially back for the 2019-2020 season with all the action taking place at the Grant Fear Arena in Spruce Grove. With tickets starting at just $15 per person, AJHL Hockey provides some quality entertainment. For more information, visit www.sprucegrovesaints.ca.